0: Welcome back to another EXPAND podcast with yours truly, Elizabeth April. Today, I want to talk all about escaping and suffering. It is a vicious cycle that we as human beings always get trapped within. Suffering, escaping, suffering, escaping. And the problem is... There's many problems, but one of the big ones is the more that we react to the suffering, the more suffering is created, the more escaping is needed, and then we start reacting to the escaping. More suffering is created, more escaping is needed. And I've talked in brief in other videos and podcasts about Escaping is natural. It's totally okay. Don't hate yourself for it. But let's just deep dive a little bit further. What are we escaping from? What is the thing? What starts this cycle? Is it your job? Is it the food that you're consuming? Is it your relationship? Is it the state of the world? Is it the fact that you're an empath? Is it your inability to stand up for yourself? What is creating the suffering which is moving you into escaping? I want to tell you right now that it has nothing to do with your physical reality. Your suffering has nothing to do with your physical reality. Every single element of your suffering has to do with your mind. What are you thinking about? How are you perceiving those thoughts? What are the memories that you've had? How have those traumatized you or lifted you, elevated you? Every single element of this entire reality, every single element of your entire life can be broken down into binary, into duality, into polarity. There is a bright side and a dark side of everything. For example, I love my coffee in the mornings, but my coffee can be hot and sometimes it burns my tongue and then I can't taste for the rest of the day. That sucks. (laughs) There's a love and a hate. There's a high vibration and a low vibration. Besides, you created the reality around you and ultimately it's up to you to choose how you perceive the reality that you created around you. So let's use smoking as an example. I think this is a great example. I've used it before in other videos. I've been firsthand and I've seen it, you know, with friends, family members, the cycle of smoking cigarettes. Now, once again, there's, I mean, I don't know about the positives, right? I mean, I guess people who smoke cigarettes find the positive within it in that moment. I mean, they do it. For a reason, right? Maybe the positive of smoking cigarettes to that person is that it reduces stress, that it gives you a break throughout your day, that it reminds you of a memory back in childhood, or that it helps you chill out, or whatever the the things are. Doesn't matter. And then, of course, we've got the negative aspects of smoking cigarettes. There was a reason why anyone starts an old negative pattern. I guess it wouldn't be old at the time, right? But there's a reason why people start patterns that do not serve their best and highest interest. Like maybe you were a bartender and everyone took a smoke break and you're like, well, I guess I should start smoking to take a smoke break, right? And then it just kind of becomes a pattern and it's tough to let it go. The only things that are tough to let go of are the things that you have a love-hate relationship with. It's very interesting that I'm recording this podcast today because when I was getting ready for my live video on YouTube today, I was curling my hair and getting super frustrated because there's all these like rogue hairs that are just curling up and just all over the place. I mean, it's, it's a mess. But I, I was actually thrown back to a moment years ago where I had such a resistance and even a resentment towards my hair. It it was just one thing after another. It's too thin. It's too greasy. It's too straight. It's too this. It's too that. It's high maintenance. It's low maintenance. It's always yellow. It's, I mean, it's just all the things, right? And one of my greatest issues was actually that it didn't grow like it was really wild actually for probably like five years I had such an issue with growing my hair long it just wouldn't happen and there was two aspects at a deeper level that were associated with my hair resistance one is definitely more cosmic and the other is more more human so the cosmic aspect had everything to do with as a gray being I never had hair as a human being, I don't know what to do with it, you know? And so I I realized that even as a kid, you know, my mom had this like thick, black, curly hair. I got my dad's hair thin and straggly, but my mom had this thick, black, curly hair and it would be everywhere, like on the sinks. I mean, it wasn't, we lived in a, you know, a clean place, but I just remember being so grossed out by the hair that I found everywhere. And I never knew why I had that resistance. And then of course, in stepping into my cosmic self, I realized, oh, I just was never really used to hair. And it kind of grosses me out, to be honest. So that was one aspect of the resistance. And then the other aspect, so the, once the cosmic resistance came through, I understood it, I accepted it, I moved on, no big deal. It was the second aspect of resistance that I really struggled with. And it was my divine femininity. It was like, as much as I wanted long hair, I really resisted it because I just wanted to be the tomboy. I just wanted to be the bike rider. I just wanted to, I don't know, be the cool chick. Like, I don't know. Like, I was never a girly girl. And so long hair represented that girliness. And even as a kid, you know, I would just get my hair so tangled at nighttime that my dad would have to spend hours brushing it out and... Eventually, we just ended up chopping it all off. And I had a bowl cut for a while, and I got called a little boy a lot as a a little kid. And I was fine with that. I was a little bit confused. I'm like, no, I'm a girl, you know? And it was all in association with the hair and the fact that the hair was shorter. And obviously, I'm rough and tumbly too as a kid. So, yeah. So it was really interesting. My dad, of course, as a kid wanted me to have my pierced ears and long hair and and be that girly girl that I just never was. So I had this weird connection with divine femininity and long hair. Then I got into my last relationship before the one I'm in right now, and he was all about kind of dressing me up and I felt like a a Barbie doll, to be honest. he put me in nice clothing and told me, you know, how to wear my makeup and how to curl my hair and all these things. And, you know, he convinced me to get a uh, hair extension. So I had super long hair for a little while and it just didn't feel right. It just didn't feel like me. So once I had the thing that I always wanted, which was these long, luscious, you know, curly locks, it's funny how I wanted that, but I had resistance to it, typical, Once I had it, I changed everything. That's when I moved to to the US and I got married to my wife and everything unfolded. And she just loves me and accepts me for who I am. I could have a shaved head and she'd be down, like she's just open. And so when I got into that relationship where I felt safe and comfortable being me, my true self, I decided to chop off all my hair and get really short, 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 short hair, which is a huge fear right in me. And you know, of course my dad I think had his own divine masculine, you know, I call it, I call him the male boomer child, right? He's just born in 1960, right at the end of the boomers and he's just got this like boomer masculine mentality sometimes and he understands the truth but he still gets stuck And so he was definitely, you know, not loving the short hair. And I think a little concerned because here I am dating a woman and cutting off all my hair and I'm turning into a giant lesbian. Oh, no. I think it's funny. But anyway, and so cutting off all my hair, right, these beautiful, I mean, it took so long to grow it out to the point that it was, these beautiful long locks, that cutting it all off was my clearing of the energy of, I don't need to be Anyone. I don't need to present as something. I don't need this. I don't need these locks to be an empowered female, right? I don't need to conform. I don't need to fit in. I don't need to look normal. And that was like my stance. And and I knew that once I did bite the bullet and, and cut my hair, that I really tackled my fear of my hair not growing and it's not good enough. And da-da-da. And surprisingly, it's so crazy that since then my hair has grown so fast. Like Natasha tells me all the time, she's like, babe, is your hair just getting longer? Like what's going on? Same thing with my mom. Every time she sees me, she's like, oh my God, your hair is just so long. And so it's getting ready today before my live video thinking, wow, I let that go. That's all I did. That's all I did. I didn't have some sort of crazy breakthrough. I didn't, you know, I didn't start marching on the streets for hair rights. You know, there's none of that. I just let go of the resistance. I just accepted that my hair was what it was and you move on. And now in an odd way, my hair is everything that I've ever wanted it to be, but I don't care, right? I don't, you know, once you get the thing, you realize that you don't even need it to be who you are. So you just let it all go. And this is kind of what I'm getting at with regards to suffering and attachment and escaping from all of that. So you're smoking a cigarette. You obviously love the fact that you're doing that because you're doing it, and yet you're hating yourself for it every single time. I can't believe I'm still smoking. I told my family I was gonna stop. Essentially, all of that energy puts you into a low vibrational place. It puts you into a place of disempowerment. I want to do something. I'm not doing that thing. I'm not good enough to get myself out of this place. I'm not good enough to overcome my limitations and my attachments. So guess where that leads you? That leads you to picking up another cigarette and smoking it, because now you're stressed out that you can't do the things that you wanna do because you're not in power, because you hold resistance. Escaping and suffering are the same things. It's not about your body, it's not about the pain, it's not about escaping from anything physically. What we're trying to do is we're trying to escape from our mind. It is only your mind that will put you back into suffering. And when we try and escape our mind, we go to mind altering aspects of this reality. Maybe it's alcohol, maybe it's weed, maybe it's, you know, drugs. Maybe it's unnecessary drama to take away from the pain that you're feeling in your own mind. So where does suffering really come from? Well, it comes from experiences. It comes from emotions. It comes from traumas. It comes from past lifetimes. Suffering is obviously something that you've created in your own reality, and I know that's not obvious to a lot of people, but it truly is. You set yourself up before this incarnation, you put yourself in this body, you put yourself in this family, you put yourself on this planet at this time, you put yourself within the limitations, you set up the challenges, you did all of that, and yet you're still suffering. Right. Even upon understanding that you created all of this, there is still a lot of suffering that is taking place. I believe that suffering is merely just trapped energy stuck in your body, waiting to release. Sometimes the energy is trapped in your body and it creates physical limitation and challenges. And sometimes that energy is trapped in your aura coming from past lifetimes and your Akashic records. Either way, it's stuck there. And as much as we want a quick fix, as much as we all want a pill to just get rid of that trauma, it doesn't work that way. The only thing that's going to decrease your suffering is tackling your own mind. Drugs and television and drama and repeated patterns of pain and self sabotage to create more suffering only ever distracts you from the initial suffering that you're going through. And if you're not compassionate on yourself and you're hating yourself for being a, a smoker or being a drinker or, you know, escaping in those ways, if you're hating yourself for that, You're simply creating more trauma in your own body, in your own vibration, in your own energy. Think about yourself as being a bully. You are your own worst nightmare. You're trying to deal with past trauma. That's why the pain, the emotion, the memories, that's why it all still comes up. It's just screaming for release. And yet you look the other way and you hate yourself for looking the other way. It is not the right way to go about doing it, to go about eliminating and neutralizing that suffering. You suffer, you escape, you suffer, you escape, you hate yourself for escaping, and you suffer more. We all get into this pattern And I've been talking really recently about how everything within this reality is truly an illusion, how we really can't attach ourselves to any aspects of this reality. And that's the truth. You could go into one of the best rehab facilities. You could enter into one of the best life coaching or even my shift masterclass you could go into, which I I find is the best thing for eliminating repeating patterns and suffering. But if you don't want to change, if you're not ready to transmute that energy, it's never going to happen. It's not about the physical world. It's not about what you have or what you don't have. Stop limiting yourself, creating more suffering by thinking that, oh, well, I'll be happy once. Oh, I'll be, you know, I'll stop smoking once I lose 10 pounds. I'll be fulfilled once I make more money. It's never about that stuff. Your suffering is a traumatized, trapped aspect of your old self. And it could have been your old self two hours ago saying, I fucking hate you for smoking. Then that's another trauma, another aspect of suffering that you need to tackle moving into the future. So how do we, how do we tackle this? You know, how do we navigate through the suffering and the escaping and the suffering and the escaping and the cycle that we all get into? You know, I'm not a huge proponent of this, but this is the only way to do it. And it's meditation. And I know that I've said many times, you don't have to meditate seven hours a day to be a spiritual awakened individual. And I agree with that. But when we talk about self-work, It's not necessarily always about doing. All the self-work that anyone ever talks about, including myself, is all action steps. All anyone ever wants is, okay, but how is that relatable? How is that tangible? What's the action step? What do I do now? Neutralizing trauma is not about doing. It's about accepting and being. The longer that you sit with those emotions and energies... The trauma, the fear, the limitation, the resistance, the resentment. The longer that you sit with all of that, the more you neutralize it. When you smoke a cigarette and you hate yourself for smoking the cigarette, you're becoming the bully. You're reiterating the old limiting belief of, I'm not good enough. I want to get rid of smoking, but I can't. When you turn that around and you smoke a cigarette and you love yourself for smoking that cigarette and you totally own that decision right then and there in that moment, that's when everything starts to change. That's when you start to unpack and unravel the previous trauma. That's when you start to let go of the layers and the limitations that you've created. That's when movement happens. Being in the cycle of suffering and escaping it's only creating more suffering and more escaping it's a loop so I want you to practice this at home maybe right after you listen to this I want you to sit in a quiet and safe space and I want you to feel out what the biggest resistance is in your life right now is it an action is it a belief is it a behavior Is it an attachment? Is it, what is it? What is the thing that you continue to go back to, that you continue to react to, that continues to bring you down? And I just want you to feel where that sits in your body. Just closing your eyes and focusing on your breath. Just really feeling where that energy sits And just observe it. Nothing for you to do. Just pay attention to it. Just be with it. It might feel like nausea or anxiety or maybe it's a pain in your knee. Just feel it. Just sit with it. The only reason why these old habit patterns come back around in the first place is because there's something trapped in there. There's an aspect of yourself that you're not paying attention to. So by the very virtue of focusing on it, sitting with it, hearing it out, which is really just listening to yourself, you're actually decreasing the density of it. It no longer needs to be an issue moving forward as you move through it. And that's it. That's all. In order to truly escape suffering, and escape escaping, you need to really just sit with yourself. Not a guided meditation. Not sitting and doing. Not sitting and focusing. Not sitting and even thinking. Just sitting and feeling. And honestly, we don't do that enough. I know I don't do that enough in my own life, but when I do, all of the trigger, all of the reaction, all of that just goes away. It just fizzles out. It doesn't need to be there. It doesn't hold any extra energy for me anymore. So Starseed, how are you feeling in this moment? Are you feeling relieved, confused, empowered, calm, aligned, Or are you feeling triggered? It's time to really focus on that vibration, that emotion, that feeling, and to be able to move through it. I'm sending each and every one of you so much love. Be sure to share this podcast episode on social media and comment, give it a review. It's always very helpful. I love and appreciate each and every one of you. I will see you all in the fifth dimension.